As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. J Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. To episode one, three, zero, two of down, two dunk. You can find us on the Athletic and anywhere else you subscribe to your podcast. Go to theathletic.com backslash down two gun gunk and get the athletic for one dollar a month for six months i am enjoying this morning later but i gotta say i'm just fired up to be here today it's pretty cool pretty damn cool Woo! slam throw and jay it's jay well guys last week we had a we had a party we did. About like, a, we could go today. About a basketball game. It still feels like it was way longer than that, though. It really does. That's weird. It really does. I, I had thought... Just a full week. Even yesterday, like, man, it's been a long time since we've done a fry pod. It was a long week. It's just like one week. It did it, yeah. feel like a very long week. Yeah. Lots. A lot, lot of basketball this week. A lot of basketball. Yeah, a lot of basketball. A lot of talking about basketball. It's true. A lot of it. A lot of it. So this past week, obviously, the Thunder lost on Friday night in uh, difficult. I wouldn't say embarrassing. It was just a difficult game to play and lose. And they lost by a lot. You can be embarrassed if you want. Yeah, it's not. I'm not going to be embarrassed for other guys if they're not. So then um, Saturday, they get on a plane, fly into Oklahoma City, should have thrown our boy Joy, Joe on so that he didn't have to like planes, trains, and automobiles his way back. Yeah. Or Home Alone, whichever John Candy movie you'd prefer. Mm. It's in the back of the you know, U Haul van. But mm. he gets what he get there at like thirty minutes of sleep. 
Yeah, he said he slept like 45 minutes on the plane. <sighs> anyway, so they have exit interviews on Saturday, which I know McKelly, Alex in particular, talked quite a bit about that. Yeah. And then Sam Presti, this would have been yesterday, right? Thursday, yesterday. if you listen to this, not on Friday, had his end of the season interview. Lasted about, what, two hours? Two hours, 17 minutes. That's what I clocked in at. That's what you clocked in. Did you set an actual stopwatch? I was like, yeah, you had like a button. Yep. Uh, so, Andrew, I want to give you just some space because I, I haven't listened to it yet. I'm not even sure. Have you put out – did you record it and put it out yet? Uh, I, I put it out last night. Yep. So, it's out last night. If you want to listen to it, you can do that. But, Andrew, why don't you give us a couple 10 to 15 minutes <clears throat> highlights uh, no. from Presty's interview yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he – one thing that he kept mentioning over and over again was – about how this team is not a 500 team and that they still have a ways to go. But he did say that they were uh, staring down the second mountain that they're about to climb. Mm. Uh, I thought that was that was kind of something that he kept bringing up over and over again. Yeah, so who is Justin Case asked this question? It says, Why, what did you think of Presti's overall appearance? To me, he seemed more casual and more sentimental than usual. Uh, also, why did he keep saying that we're not a 500 team? So what do you think he was saying by that? I think he meant that they weren't a 500 team. They didn't finish a 500 team. They finished two games under 500. It's true. Do you not think there's part of it that he was trying? He was making sure to like temper expectations for this team? I mean, that's always what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, Do you think he's a big ice climbers guy? Like he uses the ice climbers in, in Smash, Bros. Smash Bros. That's his main, yeah, because I do. I think it's very possible, and I bet he... Popo and Nana? I bet he's very good with Popo and Nana. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think so, too, because he's talking about you know, looking down the next mountain. He's big Popo Nana guy. <laughs> he's probably a giant Popo Nana guy. Uh, the, the Popo Nana guy was just wearing a, um, a V-neck shirt. I think that's what he's talking about with his appearance. Wow. So... He did seem more casual. Usually he's wearing... I mean, I don't know that he... He usually dresses a little bit more casually for these things, so I don't want to overanalyze that. I think he had a concert to go to right after. He might have. There they are. Uh, yeah, I, I think... I think he is trying to temper expectations for sure. He's also just trying to give a, a snapshot of what they were because they played so well down the stretch that we sometimes forget about the struggles that they had early on in the season. And so I think he wants to get like a full snapshot because I, I don't know with the way they ended the season. I don't know that you would think about them as a 500 as like a team that's under 500 necessarily when you would talk about like summarizing the, uh, the season for them. I have a question and it comes from a Twitter question because it seems like this is a good one. It's from Zach D who wants to know what question that Sam answered surprised you the most with his response. So I asked him about Lou Dort and just his thoughts on his season with the ups and downs of, you know, the Lou Dort experience. And he, he said that if you're that basically he should be on an all defense team. And that the, the only the, yeah he's like if you, if he's not then you just didn't watch enough basketball yeah he's like you can tell that people weren't watching this year because if they did he would have been on an all defensive team which is a very 
that's not the way that Sam operates. Like, he's not going to go out there and say that Shea deserved MVP votes or whatever. Like, he doesn't ever talk like that. So that really did surprise me, that he was willing to, like, step out there for Lou. Uh, he said that when he talks to other teams about their team, he said that they always bring up, like, specific points, like three or four specific points. And one of them is always about Lou Dort and about how he affects the game. And so he was willing to step out there and say that, which I, I, it did surprise me. I didn't think he'd say that. I thought we'd get some stock answer, basically. But it, I was, I thought that was pretty good. Anything else that was out of Sam Presti's character? No, not out of his character. No, I thought this was good. This is a, this is a, this is good life advice. Uh, this is good marriage advice. But this is also talking about his. Overall, like, relationship with Shay and, like, the team's relationship with Shea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought this was interesting. So he he basically talks about how teams and players, um, they don't challenge one another. That it's all about appeasement. Mm-hmm. He says, I think relationships can't be built on appeasement. At least no relationship that I have seen be successful in that way. I think you have to be open. You have to work together. You have to challenge and continually raise the bar. Mm. I think the best thing about Shea is he responds well to that. In this world today, I think the player is a victim of something or a team is a victim. And when you're in a relationship, you're together in that. You work hard. You work through things together and you have to talk about this stuff together. And you might disagree about things, but you have to have a basis of that. Hmm. So I just thought, and he talked about how Shay doesn't, um, doesn't just need to be appeased, you know? And I don't know if that's referencing like other Thunder players of past, or if they're just talking about how like Kevin and Kyrie basically needed to be appeased. Mm. And do you think maybe a subtweet? I, I think it's I think it's a subtweet of like the NBA itself mm-hmm. and like the NBA stars, and it's just kind of a testament to Shea in that he is willing to like be challenged and to not just be. I mean, Shea, from all accounts, is like treated as one of the guys, and isn't treated like some isn't like put up on a pedestal above everybody else, which is really unusual. Because mm-hmm. so let me those guys demand it. Um, let me let me just ask this as a it's not in devil's advocate kind of thing, but it is just asking if you look at where Shea is in his timeline, is that simply a result of number one, the probable answer or what I've at least perceived is it's a character of him. Like that's just who he is. Yeah, I think that's right. But also is he young enough? to where he's still kind of figuring his way out. And who knows that at 29 or 30, does he begin to get more in that place? And I think that's why Sam is drafting a particular type of person. Yeah. um, Because I think he drafted incredibly, you know, in those, those early thunder years, but there were personalities. And I don't think any of them had like, 
dramatic personality flaws, but there were three pretty dominant yet different personalities. We just didn't know it because we thought, because the only reason I'm saying this is because we thought Kevin Durant was kind of like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we did. And now we're, I mean, like watching him in a Suns uniform play against Westbrook in a Clippers uniform, like it's just like, I, sometimes I just look at it like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, just watching the servant do his thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like what ha- like what in the world happened? Yeah, I think I think Kevin could have been perceived that way, certainly. Um cuz but the problem is with at the problem was at the time that's the narrative that the team was putting out there. Mm-hmm. And so does it it worries me a little bit like this is just the narrative that the team is putting out about Shay. Like maybe, maybe he's actually a nightmare to work with. Maybe it's like they're just saying these things because that's how he wants to be seen. Yeah. I don't think that that's true. Yeah. I don't think, but the past way that the thunder have operated and knowing what we know now, like about KD specifically. Yeah. Makes me think maybe that is what's happening. Well, it was no secret like with like Westbrook, how difficult things were, you know, yeah, but it, no was, matter, but it kind of was a secret that no matter KD what was, was being said, it was it was hard with KD. I don't think it was hard with KD. I think KD also just didn't know who he was. Yeah, for a, for a long time, Kevin was not ever difficult. Like I think that a lot of people within the Thunder still maintain relationships with Kevin. Yeah, like really close relationships with Kevin. Um, and while they may disagree on things, like they they still they still speak to this day and have and have solid relationships. I think Shay is a little bit more sure of himself than Kevin was. And he's like way more like wants to, wants to be the leader, wants to take on everything within the franchise where Kevin was really not. Yeah, he that. was always pretty hesitant with that aspect of it. He always kind of let Russell take that. And and this is not just from what Sam said. This is I've had conversations with a lot of people that have been around Shay over the past few years and he is apparently just they, they they think about him as like this is this feels too good to be true with how great he's been to everybody. And so Well and even just going back to his exit interview conversation about Mark. Yeah. Like for him to say stuff like that, especially like if you go back and you look at K D, one of the things that May and I could be wrong about this, and some of it is just like viewing his past through his present. Mm-hmm. But if you look at certain moments where things were said, but I remember that the Billy Donovan hire, and I don't know if this was after, or if this was during, where it was like there was kind of this. It felt like skepticism from the team about the Billy Donovan hire. Was that perception, or was there anything? I can't, you know, that's why I can't remember. Yeah, I don't, if remember, I don't remember that accurately enough. You know, I know in say. hindsight they were like, "Oh yeah, college coach, blah 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 blah." But I'm like, so for for Shay, and part of it is just the the perfectly timed youthfulness. Yeah, they kind of are growing up together in some sense. Although Mark, you know, is a 70 year old in a what 38 year old's body. Yeah, but but as you watch these interviews, you're just getting this total humility and buy-in with the way this organization is being created or this this era of the organization is being formed. Yeah. And 
the way that it's being led mm-hmm. by Mark in particular, you know, and they don't, I, I didn't catch much of it in because I didn't really listen to all of it, but I don't know how much of the team emphasized Presty and his role in a lot of, but I do know that the Mark conversations become a very big part of the, mm-hmm. the conversation. Yeah. And they were asked about Mark for the most part, you know, I don't know. We didn't really ask them what they thought of Sam, you know, like working with him just because of the the working relationship isn't as like public facing i guess um he did talk about how this team needs to be more physical and talked about how they need to be more nasty um and so someone asked him is that maybe the number one priority through with the organization you know through free agency or the draft and he basically said no he basically turned that back around and said that it needs that that they need the team itself right now to be more physical like they need the guys that are on the team now to be more physical like they're not necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean like oh we're gonna go but you know get a center you know we're not gonna like trade for Jonas Valanciunas or something like that mm-hmm. so I thought that was interesting to to address yeah I mean and I'm I'm I do wonder if there's any part of his draft strategy that reflects that. Because we have been under the assumption that he's kind of creating a team full. And this is what he's ultimately saying is he's creating a team full of guys who can do multiple things, unique size for their position, high IQ, all of that. So I'm wondering if, and I don't think so. I think this is what he's trying to say. So if he does draft a repair, who, which for yeah. me is like, that's who he's going to draft. Very thunder, yeah. Is the expectation is that well, instead of drafting a guy or even seeking in free agency or through trade, the nasties, we need the guys that we bring in to see that as part of who they need to be as they grow together. Definitely, that feels more of what he's saying. It's not he's yeah. not going to go he's not going to go trade for the Draymond Green or pick him up in free agency so mm-hmm. they can increase their nastiness. Although that'd be terrible and awesome. Terrible though. You do not want Tray- I do not want Draymond Green around this group of guys. Yeah, especially when no we way. Tra- when you were talking you about want like, some nasty? We even talking about uh, like no that you have Shea like and how great Shea is and what a like what a great leader he is. And then just to be like, oh by the way, we're, we're tra- here we're drafting Draymond, who who is going to totally take over that position or try to oh my gosh. and not do what you want to do. I, I think it's the thing that I like, uh, it I think it helps so much Shea having Chris Paul there for that first year. Yeah. And like seeing like his leadership and and all that stuff. So I think it's really good. It also helps all of the younger guys to model, you know, see like he's the top guy but he's not like, you know, doing some things mm-hmm. that probably they hear their other friends, you know, everyone in the league is friends and, and so they're thinking like, "Oh, that's not what I've heard people on other teams are acting like." Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's really good. It yeah. was the perfect time of Chris Paul, too. Apparently, yeah, just the one and year the, and the perfect, yeah, the perfect length, the yeah. perfect, yeah. It's like not too much, you know. Where all of a sudden it becomes Chris Paul's team. Yeah. Like, give yeah. us no expectations. That was a big deal, and and I know Sam mentioned it in a different way, but the Al Horford era that was just very brief. Yeah, there is a value to having those guys. Um a part of your organization, even just in part, like in passing, because they bring a, they bring a professionalism. I know for Al, he's talking about 
specifically the way that he could see a different center on the floor, which is going to be not the same, but it will feel similar. Yeah. Pardon me for Chet mm-hmm. in the sense of his ability to stretch the floor. Yeah. Al yeah. is just a professional. I mean, he's just a fantastic player. Uh, Still feels weird that he was a Thunder player. And what was it for like 45 games? And then they're like, all right, you can just go home. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so. you. Thank you for your service. Yeah. 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 Another thing he's he said is when you talk about development of our players, a big part of the development of our players, if you look at where some guys took off, J-Dub specifically and Josh a little bit and Isaiah, it's when we started playing smaller. So some of the stylistic focus, um, some of that stylistic focus helped like drive development for them. I, I think what when he's talking about like being nasty when he's in that quote right there, I think that tells me he's not going to draft a like center. He's like not going a to get traditional center. He's like, you guys need to be tough. We're playing small. You guys need to get in there, and do it because you're not going to have a traditional center yeah. there in the middle to get all these rebounds. It has to be you guys. Is is I think what he's not just saying. But I think what he's saying, talking around. Yeah, I, I would be pretty shocked if the starting lineup next going into next season isn't Shea, Giddy, Dort, Jadup, Chet. Well, and I, I, to to kind of give at least a little, and he knows this more than any of us, is a little bit of confidence to the way this roster is constructed. I think Giddy is going to be your. I think long-term, Giddy is going to be the guy that... And you saw bits and pieces of it. Yeah. His competitiveness. his He could be somebody that could lead that kind of more tough, physical side yeah. of it. And then, even though Chet... It's funny, because Chet is assumed as a... Because he's so thin, that he's a more finesse kind of guy. But that dude is competitive. Yeah. He is, I mean, arrogant... On the basketball court, he's a maniac. Yeah, he he is doesn't shy away from physicality. Exactly that, yeah. and that's that, I mean, I guess ultimately what I'm saying. So I think just adding those two guys, one year of development for Giddy, adding Chet, and then I think the leader of this way of playing for the Thunder, which made a dramatic difference at the end of the season, is Kenrich Williams. Yeah, he's the he's the tone setter for this team, specifically in that direction. And Lou Dort, and yeah, and Lou, of course, yeah, he gets so overlooked, and I feel awful for even doing that, but yeah. Between those guys, I think you have the ingredients on the roster to have a physical and a team that... And, and you do see it, man. That's what's so awesome about this. For being 20 years old, 24 years old, all of these young guys, they're still... They don't back down from anybody. Yeah, it's true. Like, they didn't play well against Minnesota, but Minnesota's not a team that's going to insert its will at... You know, they're they're the most fake, tough guy outside of Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. Fake, tough guy team in the nba probably yeah yeah i think it's totally true i think it's totally true i do not like that team at all that's what i i hated watching that game on friday just because they were losing to that team you know <clears throat> only way it could have been worse if it was like we met houston in the play-in yeah that would have been brutal and they lost like that to houston oh that would have been awful yeah that'll never happen um yeah i I thought that was interesting. He also talked a little bit about um, how they do need, they are going to have to learn to play with different types of bigs at some point. But he seemed to emphasize that they want to play this style and, and they, 
and that this style is a work in progress and it's just more easily accomplished i think with the smaller more skilled players yeah. than it is with just like throwing somebody in there and that's why i just hesitate and i feel better about hesitating for a while after hearing him talk about particular players in the draft especially like taylor hendricks who i really like and I think that it's not hard to imagine how he'd fit in with the team. And maybe they will draft him, and I'll be completely wrong about this. But he's not a guy who has a ton of feel for the game. And so I just have a hard time picturing them drafting somebody like that who's going to play a big role on the team that doesn't have a lot of feel for the game. I think that they just that's the direction they've been moving in, and I think they'll continue to move in that direction. Um, so, yeah, I think to me that was like a – a point of emphasis for him too is just the the style of play, the and the way that they're kind of running everything. Just it makes more sense for them to draft somebody that can fit more seamlessly with the offense. And there would be players like that 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 fit in, but there's also guys that you can look at and say like I I don't think they necessarily fit that mold. So I think that this draft is going to be fascinating. I don't know what they're going to do. Because there's not necessarily outside of repair like somebody that's like, oh my gosh, this is a, a Thunder type of guy, you know, that they've they've drafted in the past. Um, so I'm pretty fascinated to see. Yeah, and I think how they handle it. Having the amount of draft equity in the future, especially in the immediate future, although if 2024 is as rough as people are saying it's going to be, which nobody ever knows, but. As far as assumptions, like I don't think those picks are going to have as high a value, but I do wonder, you know, if they do target the guy, if they're at 12, lottery doesn't move them up. If they target somebody at nine, like maybe they do go with Grady Dick, right? Like maybe that is the, hey, we see this as a glaring weakness for our team. Let's get a, you know, a stretchy kind of bigger guy that can just shoot. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to think about the game, just shoot. Then, you know, maybe he targets that and moves up. But there, yeah, this is... Actually, it's going to make it to our draft night. It's going to be even more. And and we'll see. There's been years in the past where the Thunder's pick has been nailed by those who do mocks. You know, where they're just like, we, like Cameron Payne. We remember that, where there was like, yeah. Thunder are going to pick Cameron Payne. Mm-hmm. Thunder are going to pick Cameron Payne. And yeah. they're all just like, no, they're not going to pick Cameron Payne. There's all sorts of other guys. Yeah. And then it was Cameron We were Payne. kind of hoping they wouldn't yeah. pick Cameron Payne. Just one pick higher for Devin Booker. Never forget. Never forget. Never forget. Never forgive. So, but currently they're in 12. If you go to Tankathon, which is not a great mock, they have Case and Wallace, which doesn't seem like anybody that they would ever yeah, draft. I don't think so. KOC has them taking Nick Smith from Arkansas, which is also somebody I don't really think they would buy on. He just wasn't very good. I mean, maybe they, maybe they see something in him. Yeah, because he did come into the... He came into the league or the, I mean, he was a highly rated early, early mock drafts before the season even started. He was a top yeah. three or four guy. Yeah. But did not materialize. Now Anthony Black's a higher, you know, on everybody's big board than Smith right. was. Right. He's amazing. Awesome. Because KOC has him at, I think, seven. Yeah, I've seen him as high as five on some boards. Does it make you feel justified? I feel so justified. You should. You should. That's my guy. That is your guy. Um, he he was asked if Chet's going to play summer league, and I just thought, nope. But then he said, "It's possible." 
Hmm. Which basically just means yes. I know. Because why wouldn't he? Why would he say it's possible? He could just say no. He should have. I mean, if 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 it's even like a ten percent chance, he'd just yep. say probably not. We'll see where he's at, you know, and then move on. But whenever he like leads with it's possible, I think that means that they probably plan on that being a part of his rehab. Is like getting back on the court and playing and just getting some confidence, which is very interesting. It's very else, interesting. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of who else goes. Poku? Maybe. Oos? Oh, definitely Oos. Definitely Oos. Yeah. I J- think J Dub Trey not, not play. Man. Trey might need it, but there's not a lot of third year summer leaguers. But yeah, he could for he a could, reason. He could use it. I'm trying to think who else. Is I mean, JRE may play. I would see that. I mean, you know, he's the same. He's a third year he's guy. The same. But yeah, he had such a that injury just threw his whole season off. I don't know. Like last year, you knew it was like, oh, dude, half the roster is going to be playing in summer league. Josh not going to play in summer league this year. Better not play in summer league this year. Lou, Josh, Lou? no. I mean, it's kind of weird, huh? That like the. A vast majority of the core of the team is like out of that summer league yep. era. Yeah. For Are them. you going to summer league this year? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna be doing a live show in Vegas uh, with no dunks at like at a location that we don't know yet. At a location. We're in the very very early early planning. Uh, you should probably do it at that. Earl of Sandwich. <clears throat> What's that? That's a great uh, sandwich place okay it's like subway it's like subway but better in every way like <laughs> subway was made for uh kings it's wow. so good wow so can we i, I want to talk just a little bit about the rest of the nba yeah, yeah how, how how are you uh how much of the playoffs are you consuming a lot like it's your job yeah some a late lot, nights but, yeah it's like every night's a late night right now Anybody out there uniquely impressive to you? Or surprising, I guess would be another um, way to say that. I mean, the Kings, they weren't very good last night. You have to be impressed with the Kings. Yeah. With those, the way that they played up to this I point. mean, they're without... I mean, they're the... If you don't have a, a vested interest in a team, yeah, the Kings, and somebody asks that question yeah. in our Twitter questions, is who you pulling for? It's shout yeah. out to it has uh, to be the Stone Kings. Cold S, S. Adams. It's gotta it be has to be the Kings. Gotta be Sacramento. Oh yeah, it's Kings. I think Taylor I think Taylor tweeted that. They're also really it's not just because, oh man, the underdogs getting this shot to they're also awesome to watch play basketball. Yeah, they're great. They're very fun. And and then the crowd, obviously, there's a whole bunch of reasons. Um it I does make get, me nervous. I, like I hope we get a game seven in yeah. Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get them lighting the the beam afterwards. After pretty, a game pretty cool. If they win a game seven and light the beam. It's gonna be wild. They should bring in Nick Stauskas. Be like a real laser. Yeah, just like shoots into space, just tearing up. Satellites. Just like, just like, <clears throat> destroys the moon. Yeah. So I, the Kings. I'll tell you one of the just on a personal level, and you mentioned this on Wednesday. Russell Westbrook is saving his career. It's unbelievable, in, isn't it? In these three playoff games, like he, last night, he was that MVP season. Russ. He was so good last night. I 
I don't. I didn't think he had this left in him, to be honest. No, and it it does for me. Is it just makes me think? All right, so what does his off season look like? Because if yeah. I'm Ross, I'm his or I'm I'm his management. I'm just going to take whatever the Clippers can give me and stay in L.A. Like if they have a mid level or if they have yeah. you know a vet, well, I mean I, I would probably even take a vet minimum, which is a slice of humble pie. But yeah. For the for to be you've already earned. I mean, I think I looked up last night. Russell Westbrook's earned like three hundred and forty million dollars over his career just uh-huh. in NBA earnings, let alone yeah, any other say, kind of endorsements or whatever. So easily he's double probably, or triple that. I was about to say he's easily crossed half a billion dollars that he has made over the course of his oh, career. Yeah. It's like be in the right place for a chance to continue. Like watching this Clippers team, I think if Paul George is there, they're probably up three zero against this. Yeah, the Suns have like won in kind of like unimpressive fashion a little bit. Yeah, especially last night. Like they yeah. should have. They, yeah, they, they should. Could, they couldn't put this Clippers team to bed. Yeah, you know, and, and that part of that is, I, I think, part of that is the Russell Westbrook just dragging a team. Like you want to talk about what he's used to is he used to playing with a team that he is like the singular alpha. Yeah, and that's what he got to be last night. You yeah, know, Norm Powell was great. I think at forty two or whatever, but. Yeah, it is. It, I don't know. He's been really impressive. I, I haven't paid as much attention to what's going on in the East. I always like this Milwaukee Bucks. Like, oh, we lose the first game, and then we remember that, especially against the Heat, like stomping yeah. them into oblivion. The second game without Giannis is like, oh, perfect. This is wonderful. Yeah, I just but we need him back. I want him back just for the league. Yeah, I just let Giannis rest the rest of the series. I think they can beat him without him. Can I, so side side story. So my son, my son. son. He, so he played basketball, JV basketball at his school this year. Mm-hmm. And so we went to the Nike outlet to get him some basketball shoes. Nice. Nice. And so we're looking around and, you know, I, he's, he's just now kind of becoming a sneakerhead a little bit. And it's kind of a trend in his school. And so yeah. my mom bought him a pair of Jordans for his birthday yeah. or you know, for Christmas. And yeah. I think they're, no offense to him, the worst. I'm like, you could not have bought a worse pair of Jordans. Anyway, because uh, <laughs> all I can think about is the greatest Jordans of all time, which are the ones that had the patent leather. Like what, the, what, what, color, yeah. what color are we talking about? I don't even want to say it. It makes me sad. Come on. It, they're black and yellow, like taxi. That's called like the ta- anyway. So, all that to say, he doesn't even wear them correctly. Like they're all loose on his feet and stuff like that. And I'm like, what are you doing anyway? But so he bought. Like we went through, we looked at a few different shoes, and he landed on the Giannis. Like you know, because the outlets like two years ago Giannis shoes, and they're great basketball shoes. But what happened is it actually made my son a Giannis fan. Wow. Like, he's pulling for the box. He's like, oh, how are the box doing? And, and then what I see is we share, he uses my YouTube account so I can just watch, which is, has ruined my YouTube experience. I was going to say, your algorithm is... <laughs> it's just completely screwed. I have to have two separate, because I did that too, and I had to, like, set up one for, like, my athletic email so that it did not involve... I, I'm going to have to do that, because all it's the just... All the Legos. Yeah. Legos, and my son is just fascinated with people who build koi ponds and aquariums and ponds and fish wow yeah like so th- my whole entire youtube feed which is my miffed and peeved if it wasn't if at least it's not terrible stuff yeah. like i gotta take the win but anyway all that to say that he started say, watching take, take the koi pond, take, yeah, 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 say, there's, there's a lot worse things out there but but he's become like i've started to notice that he starts watching 
random basketball videos. Yeah. You know, so he's starting to watch like, so he's, it's been such a cool revelation because this year he's able to talk to me about like, oh yeah, what'd you think of J-Dub's development this year? And I'm like, yeah. what are you talking like, about? Wait a minute. What are, are you talking about? Are we allowed to talk about this? Yeah, I was like, How, what do you know about this? And, but he still won't sit down and watch a game with me. Yeah. Like he just, he'd rather just go up and watch Legos or something on YouTube. But, but it is one of those things where I'm catching like a little bit more of that interest. But I was like, dude, if you, if you want to watch the Bucks, man, I will carve out an hour and a half or two hours of my night, three hours of my night yeah. to sit and watch the brutal heat. <laughs> like, I, I love the Bucks, man. Anyway, but that's just kind of a fun aside. Like, my son is finally kind of getting into basketball in the way that, not really to the level that I will ever be there, but. I'm an unhealthy fan of yeah. basketball, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, he, yeah, the the Bucks had 25 threes against the Heat, just buried them. Um, yeah, it's it's fun sharing that, you know, basketball fandom with your kids. Yeah, you yeah. should get into Legos. That's what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, no, oh, it's cool. Never it's did cool. start spending some money. Was, were you Legos? Was were Legos a thing when y'all were young? Yes, and, yeah, they were a thing. Yeah, but yeah. not like this. I mean, Lego is is peaking right now. Yeah, peaky Lego. Lego. That's big. Peaky Baca Lego. I'm telling you, big, big Lego's big. I know it's it's an investment, Luke. I know it's an investment. My son has an insane amount of money invested no, in Lego. You can't even open them. You just buy them. No, it's that's investment. not what he does. He just he <laughs> they just, increase in value. He just got he's got them all put together. <sighs> Moron. That is the complication <laughs> though, because it's like you put them together and then you just put them on a shelf, and it's like. I did that's, it. That's all. That's what we do with this. Yep. What do you okay. What do you want him to do with it? Yeah. Just disassemble it, reassemble it. That's really bad podcasting. So if you're watching on YouTube, no, yeah. it's great. No, this is this is peak <laughs> podcasting, actually. Yeah. So anybody else? Any other playoff series that you've you've enjoyed watching so far? Uh, I mean, the East mostly is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to see the. The Knicks are back home against the. That's the only series it's that the I've only really East been series about. that's that's decent. Yeah. Although apparently last night I didn't watch it, but Philly, New New Jersey, Philly and the New Jersey Nets from two thousand and two, uh, but Philly and Brooklyn turned into a wrestling match, which was yeah, something. it's just gross. I I don't know. I don't really. I don't enjoy watching that series. I've I've watched. I kind of had my eye on it a little bit last night, but so it's more of a spectacle. Yeah, but the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. The Knicks are really good. They're really fun. They have a lot of really good players. Uh, I like that team a lot. I don't think they're going to win the series, but I like them. I, lo- I like it when when the Knicks, like, if they win the series, the fan reaction stuff that gets on, like, Twitter. Oh, and it's so good. That's it's tonight, so, right? They're playing so tonight. so funny. Mm-hmm. That's a just a much must watch just because of how fun Madison Square Garden gets. Oh, yeah. If Spider Man shows up after, man, it's awesome. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> just partying in the streets. Oh man. Um, let's take a break and we come back. Let's uh let's do a tankathon spin and then we'll do some L Man's mm. uh, advice. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, we're back after that quick break. Uh, the Thunder don't have great odds to jump up. I'll tell you. No, I did Tankathon the other day, and I was like explaining to my dad what Tankathon was. And he was yeah. like, okay, we'll roll it until the Thunder gets the first. Don't do that. Except for <laughs> the it actual Tankathon Twitter, the first two spins, yeah. two days in a row, both times Oklahoma City got number it's one. true. It's true. Don't I just did it, and Utah jumped to number one. Wow. Just okay, here's the official down to dunk fry pod spin. Here we go. So the Thunder stay at 12. Um, Washington jumps to number one. And the Magic get number two, and the Rockets get number three. Damn it! <laughs> there's, there's a question on there of, of the dream scenario. Will you find who it's, who it's from, oh man? Oh, yeah, I can't. Um, Dream scenario, not only the Thunder jumping up. Yeah, but, like, but who falls is the dream scenario. So the Rockets dropping. Dream the Rockets scenario. dropping to three is is good. I actually kind of want the Pistons to drop too. Wow. Pistons dropped four spots in this one. It's from at I am Kev Kev Bot. Yeah. Obviously, Frequent TQer. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, the Spurs dropping this one as well. So is, me- there, is there anybody that you like? Around twelve, I mean, I, I haven't done enough in depth, <clears throat> real looking at this the yeah. way obviously you have. Uh, so most of mine is just based on secondary information and stuff you say. And I do think that repair is a real, real option. He's got yeah. great athleticism. He's got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. <laughs> got that dog in him. Uh, which is the difference between him because people are you're nailed it because I watch as soon as you watch that I watch draft deepers. They're great content, but I watch yeah. their uh, kind of which I hate highlight films. Video breakdown, like, yeah, you're like our offense yeah. and. There's uh, a place. For, I mean, it's those are. I mean, it's a great snapshot. Yeah. of who those players yeah. are. Yeah. And so, because I used to be a Draft Express junkie back in yeah. the day, where it was like watching their breakdowns and yep. all of that. But all that to say that that he's he's different. Looking at him, there is some similarities between him and Usman Jing. But in the end, it's like they're totally different players. Yeah, that's that's what's killing me. Is like I, all I did was like quote tweet that tweet and say like, "Hey, this is a very thundery player." People are like, "We don't want another Usman Jang," you know. It's like that's probably half the responses. Yeah, they're not the same. It's just like, give it like just give it five seconds to look at something else other than like this like twenty second like, clip of him and. I don't know. I just I that kind of like analysis is like so lazy and so infuriating to me because it's like it's unfair to to repair and to Jang honestly, and it's frankly a little racist because they're just because they're like French and they look exactly the same. Like you just say that like oh they they must be the exact same player. I don't want him because he is just like this. And it's like what are you? Like, what are you honestly doing? 
what are you doing with your time to where you take the time to respond that way to that tweet, but you wouldn't take just like five seconds to see what this guy's like. Um, yeah, he's he is different uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, even though like he he was a high school teammate of Jang's and basically followed in Jang's footsteps um, going to the breakers. Yeah, he's fr- I mean there are similarities. You can't avoid that, but in the end is if you watch their game it's not the same. Um I don't have a lot of other guys. I like the idea. I I've said this from the beginning and and I there's no way he falls to 12. I know he's not a thunder guy in the sense that how this is kind of being defined, but I know somebody and I can't remember who it was, but they had Cam Whitmore falling. I would do that just as a, because I love his incredible athleticism. He could I, definitely fall. I do like Jordan Hawkins, that yeah. kid from UConn, really good. Yep. Uh, that's who Sam Vecini, which has been a while now, but that's who he has mocked yep. to Oklahoma city at 12. Um, yeah. You know, beyond that, I, I older not, th- older than Giddy, which is weird. Which is, but honestly, at this point, isn't that okay? It, wouldn't you be okay with that? I mean, I, I feel like it's. I mean, not really. No, um, I mean, it, it'd be fine if that's who they decided to draft. But I think a lot of people think that now that we've seen them be semi-successful, that it's time to start drafting for need and not drafting for upside which i think is um not not correct in where the thunder are at in their development cycle really oh man i i'm probably one of those people i am one of those people in the sense that i don't think you draft for need i still think you draft probably best available but man putting 25 projects because the because for me is i'm not thinking about the fact that like they don't have 25 projects though but they've Four potential draft picks next year, which I know they're not going to use all of those more than likely. Yeah, you can't use them all. But I'm like, at some point, like drafting a guy that can come in, because what's the difference between a Jordan Hawkins and a J-Dub as far as, I mean, they're roughly the same age, like coming out. I think J-Dub is a little bit younger, maybe a year younger. Yeah. But like to draft a guy that's got a proven success level, and even though he's going to come in at 22... What I'm I'm not saying that you should stay away from players that are 20 in the draft. Yeah. What I'm saying is like don't don't think that just because they won 40 games yeah, yeah. that they're, they're not a finished product. That they're that they are what they are and we just need to start adding pieces in. I mean you draft for upside at this spot maybe you maybe it's a bust. Or maybe you you draft somebody who's great and could be like the third best player on this team you in know? three years. I mean, how long did it take us to figure out that J Dub was like going to be like the third best player yeah, on the that's, team? That's just such the that's the anomaly. I know, but I'm just saying that it happened it last does, year. It does. Like it literally happened. But I don't think it, you don't draft J Dub because he's the unknown upside guy, right? Like. He, you're you're drafting J Dub because you watched what he did in Chicago at the pre-draft you know workouts, and then on top of that is you're seeing a track record. He's a little more established as far as a college player. I, I think that there was more certainty about J Dub being a good player. Now to this level, no, of course not. 
Yeah. I think we're just we're literally splitting hairs having the same conversation. I I totally agree. Like you're you're I not just, just going to go and draft like, hey, who's the best center because we know we need a, yeah, a yeah, yeah. big to play well, alongside. You know, blah, I, I blah, just blah, think blah. like Hawkins is not. I mean, he would have to show a lot of things that he hasn't shown at UConn in order to become like a higher upside player because he just is not going to be somebody that has the ball in his hands. And if you're looking for like high upside, it's usually one of those guys. You know, there's very few players that end up being like all-star caliber players that just run around and shoot. You know, you see how violent Jay just chugged that water. I did. <laughs> that was just mad. It was very aggressive. <laughs> it was very aggressive. So in Sam's mock, in Anthony Black is obviously we've said this. Andrew's guy. That's my guy. He's at seven to the Trailblazers. Portland is one of those if they don't get the lottery luck that they've mentioned that they would look to move. Yeah, yeah. Thunder can move from twelve to seven. Yeah, if yeah. they really do love Anthony Black, and that's a guy that for you, I don't know if they love him. I know that I do. I don't know if they do. Have you thought about telling him? Hey, I love this man. Hey, he I, also I loves. Love- he also loves the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? Uh-huh. And I wonder, like, this is kind of the fun part about regional basketball players. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know why it's weird to me or unique to me or cool to me, but the fact that both Jay Will and Isaiah Joe. Played at Fort Smith. Yeah. Like, they're going to be in the Thunder broadcast area. Like, they're... they These guys could have grown up watching Thunder play basketball. Yeah. And I know Lou even mentioned that. You know, yeah, like, he yeah. loved Russ. He loved watching the Thunder play. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm like, to start... This will be the first era of basketball players where... Like, Grady Dick's from Wichita. Yeah. Like, is there a chance that... Because the Thunder... I don't know if they used to do this when he was younger, but... Now they often will do a preseason game in Wichita Mm -hmm. trying to get that fan base to become an Oklahoma City Thunder fan base. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is there a chance that Grady Dick grew up and his favorite basketball team was Oklahoma City? Like where all of a sudden it's not it's not like crap, I'm going to Oklahoma City, but they're like, dang, that's first off a two and a half hour drive from home. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, this team's loaded. Like if I was if I was a a prospect this year, outside of somebody that's like, I want to come in and be the alpha, scoot. Wimby, maybe that's it. Yeah. Because I think Brandon Miller, I know all the legal stuff, but Brandon Miller's going to come in and be the be a great kind of whatever you need me to do kind of player. He doesn't, he's not going to demand the ball like a scoot is. Like he's not yeah. going to be that kind of usage guy. Mm-hmm. But if you look at that, it's, is I think that for a lot of these guys, if, if they were going to say, where would I want to land where I could have success immediately, be developed well? Uh, I mean, Oklahoma City has to be real high on that list, and also for agents too. Yep. Like, if you want your guy to be successful and like have a real chance, yep. Like, this is not this is not a bad spot for them to land. And we mentioned it via text earlier this week as we watched Malik Monk just basically change the entire game two for the Kings. Yeah, he's awesome. It's he was not looking like he was this guy when he played in Charlotte. Mm-mm. Like, the Lakers kind of picked him up off the scrap heap. Yeah. And to watch a franchise fail its players as badly as a Charlotte does. Yeah. What I think Houston will be or do. Yeah. Uh, man, and you can't avoid it because you're in the draft. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the that's the downfall of the draft is you get drafted where the team mm-hmm. drafts you. Yeah. But in the end, as I'm like... 
I don't know, it could make it to where Oklahoma City is at least a little bit higher on. Now, you're not going to be a free agent destination, but do you get this where you have guys that want to develop that are excited to go and play for you? So yeah. that doesn't mean anything for the draft, but it's just something that's maybe a encouraging thing for our organization. Yeah, I mean, you, you start to hear stories about draft, like pre-draft stuff with teams and how nobody would work out for Houston last year. Like no yeah. no agent would allow workouts their player to work out like privately for Houston, and so Houston had to like go into the draft a little, you know, blind a little bit, you know, because they didn't want them to have that like contact with their players. And that's something that Sam talked about yesterday. Is like he's like I would never want to draft a player that I hadn't met in person and like had like good conversations with. Um, because like that is such a big part of you know figuring out who you want on your team. It's like not only just watching tape, like you got to watch a lot of tape. That's a part of it, but you have also have to know who the player is, and that's well, what's and hard. And who the person is, right? Yeah, who the person? Yeah, who they are interpersonally yeah. is a huge thing. And like we don't, as people that are like covering the team, and you know, we all love the draft, but. There's only so much that we can know about these guys, and we get to do these Zoom calls with them. And I probably place too much emphasis on those, just because they are like ten minutes, and like, what can you really learn? Um, but yeah, I think some of those are interesting. Like, I kind of let like Jonathan Kaminga's particularly like he sit, was sitting in a car with his phone just kind of like down like by his belly button, and just like barely paying attention to anything. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. That's weird. You know, like J-Dubs, it was me and like two other people on J-Dubs pre-draft Zoom call. I think Ryland Stiles was actually one of those people, which is really funny. Um, and we just got to sit and talk, basically just got to sit and talk to this guy for 10 minutes. And he was incredible. It was probably one of my favorite like pre-draft interviews. Um, and not that, that those really mean a whole lot. But you can tell, you can get like a little snapshot of who these guys are. Um, it's also probably why I didn't love Usman Jang in the draft, too, is that he just really has a hard time communicating um, in English. So, when he's also, I mean, he is so young. He's really young. So young, different language. Yeah. Already probably a little more of a passive personality. At least it's what we can see. Mm hmm. You've kind of put all this together. I can imagine that that's a hard interview. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, is, it is a hard interview. He's gotten better, though. I mean, he's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Like his, his interview that he did on Saturday, not that it was like great or brown, brown break, groundbreaking in any way, but he was, um, you could tell that he felt more confident speaking to us, which is good. As, as was like Poku as well. Like Poku's way more relaxed and at ease. I can't believe Poku's going into year four. Yeah, it's uh, he's growing up. <laughs> so let me before we get to the advice section. What are as far as roster construction going into the summer? Like, who's eligible for extensions? Who's not? Who do we want? Like, is there anybody that if the Thunder do or don't do something with them, that we can kind of tell what their future looks like? Poku is the only one left. Okay. Like Teo would have been so we gotta a give part of that too, but he's gone. The max. We gotta give him the max yeah. in order for him to stay. So now I, I have no clue what those 
extension negotiations look like. He put 700 minutes this year. And it was his best 700 minutes of his career. It's like, what do you do with what do you do with that? I don't know. Just lowball the living crap out of an extension. <laughs> I mean, I would offer him something. Maybe, maybe you give him like a fifteen percent raise on what he's got now, and then you put player option or you put team options on. Yes, it. and then you just say shortest amount of years with the team option. We'll give you three years with a team option on the last year, yep. and we'll just let's just see how this goes. We want to give you. We want to give you this. Basically, we want to extend this out for the next four years just to see how it goes. And there's nothing about Poku that would indicate that he's going to get his pride's going to get hurt by them saying, "Hey, have you watched your game film? We're not quite ready to throw the the bank at you." I, I've been very impressed with Poku's like maturity this year. Very, very impressed. Um, he deserves a lot of credit because this is not his career has not been, you know, sunshine. Well, it's a bummer too. He came back from the the break. The, it was like a knee leg break. Yeah, and then he hurt himself again, which I was like, he wasn't probably ready. To hurt do. himself again, and also like inserted into a team that had already kind of like formed an, almost a new identity yep. without him. Totally and utterly out. And of the then, room. and also. Like inserted into an incredibly competitive environment mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you can't suck tonight. You know, like you're not allowed to. And he said, try me. Yeah. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was tough. But I give him so much credit because he was, at least his mindset and attitude is like very relaxed and pretty resilient. And so I'd like to see, I'd like for them to give him just a, a small extension just to see where this goes. If it doesn't go anywhere, then he'll probably be a great player in Europe. Yep. Make a lot of money. Live and on be the, home. Live on the beach. Yeah. I need to, to give some advice because I'm about to need to go to work. All right. And searching for advice this week is listener Barrett, who said he saw an explosive news report and he needs some advice. This is the article. He links to an article. I will retweet it. It's a BuzzFeed article that says, headline, Kids YouTube star Blippy, quote, regrets the viral video in which he poops all over his friend. Blippy? Before he was Blippy. Oh, no. A Mr. Rogers for the YouTube age, he was Steezy Grossman, and he pooped on his friend. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> There's a photo in the article that is an artist's interpretation of what he's doing. Yeah. And basically, he... Uh, diarrhea is on his friend yes to the harlem shake <laughs> so barrett wants to know he asked for advice he said i thought my kids were getting harmless entertainment from some silly guy in an orange hat but now i'm racked with guilt for unwittingly exposing them to a vicious poo-poo predator do you have any advice for how i can move forward and this is my advice one it seems that the diarrhea is consensual I don't think calling him a predator is correct. Okay. It is a consensual. He is consensually diarying on, and the man being diarrheaed on is, is is it is a consensual experience. That's a good detail. The other thing that I think this, I don't think, I think it's safe to have your your kids continue to watch Blippi. Yeah. But I do think at some point when they're older, this can lead to a teaching conversation about how 
because you're gonna have everyone's gonna have to teach their kids about the internet and about yeah, using the internet and totally. about what they put on the internet and it's a good opportunity to have a conversation with your kids and say hey things that you put on the internet are there forever they yeah. will never go away yeah yeah just because you think that defecating on your friend is normal doesn't mean it's not going to come back and it's going to come it's, yeah if you do it it's always going to be there and if you want to do something different in the future that is not that has a different for a different audience it's always yeah. still going if to be If you're not, there. if you don't believe that you're going to solely be a person who defecates on others for people's entertainment, maybe don't do it. Yeah, or like, it, I can show you the, I'll show you guys the picture. I don't really want to see it. I it's an, it's a cartoon. It's an artist interpretation. <laughs> you're going to, it's this. What in the <laughs> world? This is what we're talking about. I've seen the actual video. Goodness. And uh, it's it's just what it is, but it's a good it's a good way to lead into that conversation. Like, hey, you know, you love Blippy growing up. When he before he became Blippy, he was trying to go for a different audience, and he yeah. did, and he did this, and it's still there. And people were mad, you know, people were mad at him. He couldn't make it go away because he put it on the internet. Yeah, what so audience think, was he going for? You know, shocking, <laughs> shocking, uh, just uh, shocking. Stuff. Just keep going to that one. You that know. Shocking, mostly. Shocking, just, gross, mostly gross shocking. out humor, you know. Uh, I would say this Blippi is the most annoying thing in the world, and I won't allow my kids to watch it anyways. <laughs> is it really? I don't Yeah, I don't watch much the, of Blippi. It's the worst. He's the worst. He's the most annoying. I get him confused with Bluey. Bluey is great. Is he the it's, Australian <clears throat> dog? It's the, it's the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bluey's a cartoon. Blippi is just a, a dude that is like made... Basically started out just making these YouTube videos of he, him just doing like little kid stuff. I don't know. It's weird. It's not cool. It's annoying. Stay away from Blippy. I'm anti-Blippy and even more anti-Blippy now. Does he have kids? I don't know anything about this man other than he is annoying. And he just defecates on his friends. Yes. Isn't all... Yeah, so maybe the advice is just... Stop watching Blippy. Just stay away from Blippy. That's, all, that's my advice. All little kids stuff like this is annoying. Not no. This he is a different level. Blues Clues, awesome. He is a different tier of annoying. You give yourself five minutes to watch Blippy, and you'll know what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna do that. But I'll take your advice, Luke. I'm taking take your advice and I'm stay away your from advice. Blippy, Luke. <laughs> if just this evening you throw on Blippy for ten minutes, I'm gonna probably report you. There's no way I'm doing that. I know you're not. Like, just, just go to your little ramen place, sit at the bar, and put Blippy up on your phone. Just. Yeah. Pardon me. Could you put uh, some Blippy on the <laughs> big screen TV, please? Yeah. Just don't put the poop and, and Blippy on there. And I would. <laughs> please, uh, could you just play this video? I'm going to airdrop you a video real quick. Can I uh, <laughs> please just put it on there? Oh, boy. Uh, let's take a quick break, and after that, we'll go over some Twitter questions. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm going to work. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back after that quick break. We're going to send L-Man on to go do his job. And uh, we're going to answer some t- Twitter questions. I'm just more pressy threw it away. Twitter questions. You've got questions and you ask them on Twitter. <laughs> now we answer them for you. First Twitter question comes from Mila Thundamo. He wants to know, say Portland gets the fifth pick and tells Sam that he can have it for five future first-round picks. So we'd have the fifth pick and the 12th pick this year. Does this interest us? Uh, what is a fair price to pay? I, I confess that I, I don't honestly know what the equity is for that, like what the value is. Yeah. So the fifth pick, you're probably looking at one of the Thompson brothers. Yeah. You know, I and also I don't think that the fifth pick would be worth five picks. Now, the truth is, this is probably going to be five picks. The eleventh, the eleventh pick was worth three. Yeah. It was yeah. I mean, I don't know. And I guess that's all about the value of those picks because you're yeah, more it, likely those five that you're going to give are going to be in the late twenties, like. It, yeah, it depends on what the picks are. Because if you're trading next year's Houston pick, well, that's worth probably two or three picks in itself. Yeah. Top four protected? Top four protected. I mean, they could be right outside of that Yeah, pretty easily. They could be right outside that this year. Yeah. You know? True. Yeah, I, uh, you would have to just be elated for the guy at five, and I just don't think, I don't think that's anybody. Yeah, I and mean, is Portland and Alex mentioned this, but the reason Portland would want draft picks is so they could do something else with them, right? Yeah, yeah, like they fell to eight in this. Can we just concede that they need to I trade Dame? They definitely need to trade Dame. Like, just trade trade Dame. They should trade Dame. Who would be the best Dame landing spot? Miami. Oh, I just don't like Miami. At all, but it would be a really good spot for him. Yeah, sub Kyle Lowry for Dame. Yeah, they just be, don't have anything to offer, really. Miami doesn't have draft assets you want if that's no. what you're going. If you're going to rebuild, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that would not be where I want him to go. Um, 
I have not really thought about it. I mean, Philly was always the one that made sense. I mean, maybe if Harden does what he may do and go to Houston, but then you still don't have anything for Philly to have picks. That's the hard part is any any competing team isn't going to have the equity that you really want as far as draft picks. Yeah. Um, if, if Brunson wasn't so good, I'd say the Knicks. Right. Brooklyn? I mean, they've got the stuff yep. to make it happen. You want to be Blazers East, Brooklyn? I mean, they would. I feel like they would already have a roster that's better. You'd think. With Bridges, Cam Johnson. I know they have to resign Cam Johnson, but. Yeah. Claxton, Dinwiddie. Like, that's a fun. I mean, it'd be fun. They probably are a four or five seed getting out in the first round until Dame retires, but. Yeah. For him to go and play a championship, I mean, it's got to be one of the L.A. teams, which none of them have any assets to give. Yeah. You know, the Warriors don't have anything to give. No. Dallas? Heck no. <laughs> I think – I don't I didn't mean to take this draft pick, this draft question this far, but I wonder – Luka has such a dominant way of playing basketball. Mm-hmm. I think the way you build that roster is the way that the best versions of the Rockets built theirs. You have to just build it with like Luca and like this is why you don't trade for Kyrie Irving. Yeah. It's like because if I'm them, I'm trading for Seth Curry. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I want shooters. Surround him with shooters and give him one big that he can pick and roll with that's athletic. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I mean, any they sense. had it, they had it too with Brunson because like Harden was at his best in Houston when he had Chris Paul yeah. alongside him. You know, which is maybe why you want Kyrie Irving, but also not Kyrie Irving. Yeah, they just seem so. They seem too similar as far far as their way of controlling a game. Because Chris Paul was great because he could he could do it what he could take over and be the primary ball handler. But at the same time, he could spot up and knock down threes, which Kyrie can do that in theory. But Kyrie is just Kyrie. Also, in what world does Kyrie Irving do something for you this year or next year? Yeah, I don't know. Why would you ever want to put your trust in that guy? Desperation. Desperation. That's it. Uh, Timothy, spelled with a one and a zero for the I and the O. Uh, four, one, three, and the one is an L. He's really into changing letters and numbers out. Uh, what books are you reading this summer? So I think this is a uh, this is a reference to the, the Sam Presti press conference last year. Sam said, when somebody asks him what books he's reading this summer, that's a signal that the press conference is over. So I remembered that. And when we got to two hours and 17 minutes, I asked Sam, what books are you reading this summer Uh, to end the press conference? Did he laugh? Everybody was laughing, yeah. Everybody's like, okay. a boy. Like, thank you. Yeah. He was like, are you serious or? Are you just done with this? Or are you done? I said, both. Um, are you, what are you reading this summer? I've got a whole list of things that I'm potentially <laughs> reading. Um, there's a book by a guy named Eugene Peterson. I kind of made this decision yesterday, but I, I've read it. It's his yeah. memoir and he's my favorite pastor, theologian of all time. And he's not really a theologian, but he's just, he's just the best. And so he wrote his memoir called the pastor and it's, I've read it before and it's probably something I should just take 
and read again this summer. I got really into biographies. I didn't realize that, but I read like Dave Grohl's biography last year and I was like, Oh yeah. Apparently this is the genre I enjoy reading. And so I've got a few of those on, on the agenda that I'm kind of at least contemplating reading. I got a book on Sabbath, a couple books on Sabbath and sabbaticals that I'm going to read. And then, and by that, I mean, I've got these like lined up to look at and probably not read. Yeah. And it's hard. So I, I don't know. I'm not a great, I'm too distracted to really read well at my house. Yeah. And the only books I choose, this is why I need, like, if, you, hey, if you're listening or you're watching and you have a suggestion, like, I love a good fiction book. Like, last year I read uh, Project Hail Mary, which is by the guy who did The Martian, which was fantastic. And, like, a good novel or a good, like, yeah. fiction book that I can just speed through. Most often I do nonfiction, and so I'm, like, taking notes and I'm writing it. Yeah. So it's not one of those that I can sit in bed and read. That's why I did, like, the biography. You fall asleep? No, I just, like, I need, I, I'm just, taking notes. So I'm, like, scribbling, in. so I have to, like sit up in the bed and uh, I just read a book called premonition which is about the the pandemic the, the COVID-19 pandemic and mm. anyway but that was a that was a challenging read anyway so I don't have anything like I wish there was like one novel like last year I read uh, I read Project Hail Mary I read Dave Grohl's book and then I read a book called not everything oh shoot not everything is awful I'll find the name of it, but it was, it was really, I was like, so the three books back to back was kind of perfectly timed. So you yeah. got any plans? Uh, I listened to audiobooks, so I don't, I don't think that qualifies as reading, but eh. I, cause I definitely wouldn't say I read the book, but I will, I listened to, I listened to books. Um, I do have that David Goggins book, Can't Hurt Me, which is also one that Lindy said that he and, um, Kenny Loggins? <laughs> it's a Kenny Loggins book, David Goggins. Um, I have that on my, I actually have that downloaded. Um, and so I need, I need to, um, I need to read that one. Um, I like psychology books. I was a psych major in college. And so there's a book yeah, called. Yeah, but they can't be like textbooks. No, no, no. They're like, there's one called Get Out of Your Head that I want to read um, this summer. Uh, there's a book called The Sweet Spot. Two that I've I've read, but I would like to, or I've listened to it, and I would like to listen to it um, again. And then same with the book Atomic Habits. Have you read that one? I listened to that one. Yeah, yeah, on Audible. It's uh, it's good. I really wish that I would. I don't do Audible well. Yeah, like which is funny because I absolutely love podcasts. Yeah, uh, but I don't do Audible well on books like that. To where I have to kind of pay attention because there were so many, especially in that one, there's so many great insights that I'm like, oh, I need to back up and yeah, how do I mark this or keep this? And so mm-hmm. what I did after listening to that book is I actually took the opportunity. I signed up for all of the email lists and yeah. ended up where he sends you out like, all right, so here's kind of a s- summary of some of the ways that you can create atomic habits. And yeah. so it's great. I mean, that's a good book. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. I'm trying to find the name of that book. Uh, and also like you can, I, I love suggestions like good fiction books. You can send to my, uh, Twitter at J Ralph Smith. I would love to hear that. Somebody did. I can't remember who it was just a shout out. I'm wearing it right now. Somebody said, Jay, you need to try bamboo socks. So guess what I did? Bought some bamboo socks. Guess what? They good. Good socks. Wow. Pretty well, there impressed. You go. There you go. Uh, at Trey Witzel. 
all se- all season talk has been about how f- how fun it's been with no expectations and how years that we have expectations are no fun. Help me to be a better fan that can have fun with expectations or is that even possible? I the book is Everything Sad is Untrue by Daniel Daniel Nayiri. That's mm. the book I read. It was mm. great. He's from mm. Edmond, actually, which is crazy. Oh, cool. All right, so what was the question? <laughs> so like, How do you have really expectations? Can you have expectations and fun at the same time? Um. Oh, yeah. I think this is such a cop-out, but the expectation is, like, just be present for the ride. Yeah. Especially this next year. I think that, I mean, I would probably take over 40. Yeah. Which is would make this team a five hundred team? I would take over forty. Yeah, and the thing that is the most encouraging for me next year is I will have expectations, but I had expectations this year. Yeah, like I expected them to beat Minnesota. Yeah, and a be in the playoffs. Of, a lot of us did, and get swept by the Nuggets, who apparently figured out how to play basketball again. Yep, helps to play Minnesota. But yep, um, the thing that is the most encouraging for me next year. And you can correct this. And why I'm excited is I think the starting five they're going to roll out has a high likelihood of being the starting five for the next five to eight years. Yeah, I think so too. So you're going to see like the fullest version of what this next season era of Thunder basketball is. Yeah. I think it's having reasonable expectations. I think whenever you have expectations of like perfection – or any of that, I think that's when, that's when things get unreasonable. Yeah, playoffs. Playoffs are, I think, a healthy expectation. Play uh, in is like, hey, I'll be content. Yeah, I mean, seven, if they got the seventh seed, I don't think that's. I think that that's a fine expect. I think that's a good expectation. Yeah, because you get to host two playing games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At least, maybe you win and you go on. Yep. So I mean, what I would say is. As a part of your expectations, expect for things to get rocky at times. If we can expect that and it not be a surprise, then maybe you're not going to be as frustrated. And also knowing knowing this, that as and like also just expect them to be human. Like expect like this team to be human. And if we can expect that and realize that these are just human people, and think about your own life. Like when are the times that you have grown the most or made yourself into a better person it's through like your trials and the struggle is when you become better not when everything is going awesome those are usually the times that you start to slip and so there's going to be struggle next year expect it expect there to be struggle and don't freak out when there is because i think that with the character of this team the character of the coaching staff like you can ex- i can expect them to grow through their struggles, you know, especially talking about like the starting lineup, those guys, that that's my expectation for those guys, not necessarily everybody else. Like I'm not, I'm not so sure about like guys like Trey Mann and like they're gonna actually like get through this. Maybe they do. I don't necessarily expect that. I have very low expectations for three all those guys, guys on the rotation that I feel like I trust long term. Yeah, Jay will, Isaiah Joe. Yeah, Kenrich Williams. Yeah. And if they Am I struggle, missing anybody? Probably not. And if those and if those guys struggle, like I expect them to power through the adversity and come out the other side like better 
players, better people, all that. Same with Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy showed that so many times this year that I think oh, that we... I mean, just look at the play-in. Yeah. He was played his best game as a Thunder player against New Orleans. Yeah. Maybe two days before his worst game as a Thunder player. Yeah. You know, that, and that's what I, my suggestion is like to just find yourself a middle spot. Because yeah. what will also happen next year is not the frustration of the down parts, but I think there will be a few games where you watch this team and they just are exactly what you want them to be. Yeah. Chet scores 24, shoots, you know, seven three pointers. Yeah. Six blocks, you know, Shea, Kitty and J Dub combined yeah. for like 89. Yeah. And points they just or blow a team to bits that yeah. you're like, uh, they just rolled the suns or yeah. something, you know, like, yeah, I think all of that could happen. And you could be like, are we going to win the championship this year? <laughs> it's like, you can't get too high. Don't, yeah, don't allow don't like get too low. Yeah. Don't allow the highs to take you to places that you weren't like an hour before then. Yeah, I think that that's good advice too. But just, I, I think just trying to like, this is just basketball too. Like this is just a basketball team. Disagree. And this is life. <laughs> and I would just say, having like realistic expectations, expecting them to be human, I think like those things can like help you too. And like, we'll do the best we can. Like I get to be as close to the team as I can. Like I'll do my best to like humanize these people, you know, as we go along, because um, I do think that that helps too, to like understand a little bit of who these guys are. I think that helps a lot. Um, and also, if you have the means, yeah, go to the freaking games. Go to the games and cheer and stand up and scream and like this team deserves to have a full arena and insanity. Yeah, and I think it will happen. And then also Bally Sports, please, please, please figure out a way away. to get this team please on go TV. Away. Yes, please get them on everybody's TV. Like get them on YouTube TV again. Something where like everybody can watch for yes. a reasonable price. Yes, you know something that people are already paying for. Okay, um, Jay, are you miffed and are you paved? Miffed, 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 miffed and paved. You know, I'm always bad at remembering throughout the week what I'm miffed and peeved about. I think one of the things that I'm miffed and peeved about, and you could probably tell if you're watching, but it is it is allergy season oh for my me. Oh, gosh. And so I'm yeah, like just too. constantly, it's always something for me, whether it's a little bit of a nasal drip or, yeah. you know, itchy throat. My eyes have been just so rough. Yeah, bro. And I've, t- I've been in Oklahoma for 41 years. And I even went through, like, I went and did allergy shots. I went and I'm like, I take a Zyrtec every morning. I do Flonase every morning and every evening. Like, <laughs> I do the thing, you know? And still there are seasons where it gets me. And, and it creates, like, so many other problems where I'm like, I don't sleep well because I'm not breathing well out of my nose. And then my wife just tries to murder me for snoring like a monster in bed. <laughs> so other than that, though, man, I... It, I, you know, life. I'm I'm normally a pretty optimistic guy anyway, and so yeah. life's pretty uh, GMB'd. Yeah, yeah, I feel about the same. I so I have this uh, power washer that I've been using a lot this week, and I the hose busted on it, and so I had to go to Home Depot to get it. I buy the hose, bring it back. The hose doesn't plug into the power washer 
I don't. It's not. It's what is it? The gun, the wand, whatever yeah. it is. It doesn't fit, and so I'm like, "What the heck?" And so I go back to Home Depot to see if there's another, a different hose that would fit that. Well, they don't make the hose to fit that wand anymore. You have to buy a whole new power washer, power washer like handheld thing, and it costs. You once you buy the hose and that thing, you are you're within thirty dollars of buying a new power washer. So what'd you do? Well, I did it, but it feels like a racket. Probably a racket. I was pretty miffed about we that. We got a power washing is just it's and it's all over the oddly satisfying. Like there's videos oh, yeah. of people just power washing. Things. Yeah, yeah. So the worst situation in that would have been is that you got halfway through. It's like whenever you have trimmers, you don't have a beard, but when I have a beard and I'm like. I get halfway through my trimmers are like, dang it, I'm out of battery. Battery, no. You know, like half half trimmed. And yeah. Half, you know, and so that's kind of the, that's and that's what you didn't want to do with. Well, the, I, uh, I was halfway done with my house. Yeah, yeah. I had to. You wash the outside with power washer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I use, I haven't done that as much, but I do it on our patio. We get mud yeah. and all sorts of stuff I've, on I've done patio. I've done the house. I've, I mean, I'm, it's. We're just power washing all Which the is the crazy right thing. This is just one of those activities that I'll do, and my body all of a sudden is like, oh, apparently power washing hurts my shoulder. <laughs> like, done. I'm like, why am I sore? What did I do today? That's uh, how I am with pulling weeds. Yep. Oh, that's a back. Your back's a nightmare on that one. Do you have one of those? They have these, like, tools. This is, this is the segment called... Jay and Andrew are suburban, <laughs> <laughs> suburban dads. They have these tools where you can like stomp them into the weed and then just kind of pry them out. And what is it called? Works. I don't what know. What is it called? Weed remover. I don't know. It's probably doesn't actually work, but R- weed remover tool. That's what I'm looking. at. Oh, I see it. So I don't use it because we don't. I don't have. We have a very like scorched earth policy with weeds yeah so we get our yard sprayed by a company and then <laughs> my wife has my wife she has a sprayer and so we yeah. just she keeps trying to find non-roundup chemicals to destroy yeah. these weeds yeah so our whole backyard smells like vinegar because there's like one <laughs> vinegar based one so anyway hey there's a hot air balloon right behind you um yeah i don't know i could never get in one of those by the way Suspended above the earth in a wicker basket. I know. I feel like the hot air balloon technology hasn't changed in a long time. No, they stick with it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll have more podcasts for you next week. We just keep going. We don't stop. Nope. You so. can also join us for our sub podcast called "What Bothers Us in Housekeeping" next week. Uh, we could do a. So I can talk about my pool. We could really do a podcast about that. Yeah. There's no doubt. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday.